Welcome to the New York Now podcast, a modern wholesale market for retailers and specialty buyers seeking diversity and discovery. Gathering twice a year in America's design capital, New York City, it's where buyers and designers unearth a refreshed and dedicated collection of eclectic lifestyle products. Hi, I'm Dondra Glover, podcast host and senior producer for New York Now. And today we're excited to welcome Janine Polizzi, founder of Biz and Bloom, a company specializing in growing brands with purpose. A strategy divisor, marketing professor, and brand advocate, Janine Polizzi is a self-described polar big power thinking entrepreneur with a passion for flip-flops and drinking bubbly. For over 20 years, Janine has been transforming businesses by giving them the tools to make a difference in both the communities in which they operate and around the world. At Biz and Bloom, brands grow in purpose, clarity, and connection. As Janine says, I believe we can create a world in which we want to live through the brands and services we build and support. As a marketing professor, I get to empower the next generation of leaders to create the world in which they want to live. Planting the seeds for success in both students and businesses is what I love to do, and I do what I love every day. Join me in welcoming Janine to our New York Now podcast. Hi, Janine. How are you? Hi, Dundrell. How are you? It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. I am doing fine. Uh, It's been a while and I am really excited uh, to have you joining us today. I mean, we've been chatting about doing something together. And uh, when we started talking about your new business and all of the work you do, we thought this is the perfect time. So thank you uh, for being willing to have a conversation today. I know that you have uh, returned not long ago from a whirlwind trip in Europe. And so Uh, Of course, I'd love to hear more about that at some point, but I'd love to uh, start off today's conversation uh, with your career journey uh, and what has brought you here. Um, Where did it all begin for you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me and and thank thank you to your followers. Um, I actually got into marketing and branding by way of psychology. And I know that seems like a little circuitous route, but um, I started as an undergrad in psychology in Boston and was just enthralled by human behavior. Wow. And I had every plan to pursue that as a career. So after graduation, I actually picked a place on a map because if I was going to get started, I was going to start in someplace warm after four years in Boston. <laughs> of course you were. So, <laughs> so I picked Santa Barbara, California on the map. I packed up my flip-flops and my mountain bike and headed out west. Oh my and God, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And it was there that I got to start to work with young adults with intellectual disabilities. And my career path took me from working as a staff in an institution to a lead staff to eventually running my own group homes with a company called Work Training Programs. Unfortunately, social services um, in the Santa Barbara bubble was really small. So Mm -hmm. I started to look in Los Angeles for other jobs and, and to go back to school. And at the time, a girlfriend of mine was actually leaving a small communications agency in Los Angeles. And she said, hey, they need a receptionist. Do you mind coming to work here while you figure out what's next? And I was like, whoa, happy to have the work. This is great. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You get to meet the people first. And and that's a good that's a good thing. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I started working with a small communications firm called ID8 and the founder, Roger Morrison, way ahead of his time in 1998, started a branding and communications agency. Now, branding wasn't the thing that it is today. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, as big as it is today, right? And I just remember, and I giggled um, thinking back how our clients were always, you know, pointing out in our proposal, what is this brand strategy? Why are we spending so much time on it? Do we really have to focus on brand strategy? Because they all wanted to have a marketing campaign, but not dig into who they were and, and their values and what was important to them. So as I was there, the company was just getting started and yes. they were a smaller company. So as I was there, I went back to school and got my master's degree at Pepperdine. And the yeah. minute I graduated, the head of marketing for Waterford Wedgwood, Carrie Cottyback, I will never forget this woman. She yeah. actually asked me to be on her team to help produce their marketing materials for Tabletop Week here in New York. Wow. So yeah, oh, really exciting. What a what a journey. I I mean that who knew like from psychology to LA to receptionist to and talking about brands and values. I, I'd love to throw this in there. You you mentioned that during that time period, people, you know, brands were asking, why do I have to talk about values? Like sometimes why do I have to talk about myself? And I'm curious of what you think in in short. Uh, what sparked that kind of shift and, and what was that understanding back then, kind of a lesser understanding of sharing more about you uh, in values? Well, I think back then, and when you think back to the marketing that was happening in the early 2000s, you know, late 1990s, yeah, um, it was a lot of pushing material, right? So we were telling customers what they needed to think. We were telling customers how they needed to be as brands, right? So not as, as marketers, but as brands, we were telling customers what we wanted them to hear. And I think between now and then the shift is that we are actually listening and trying to create relationships with our customers. So our customers are able to really get to know who we are and brands are creating themselves with a, with a personality. And as people, as brands, as companies, we all have values and we need those in order to connect with our consumers. So we need to tell our consumers who we are, not tell our consumers what they need or what to think. Exactly. And, and communities um, have galvanized around, this is what I need. This is who I am. And depending on who you are, I have to think about if I'm willing to invest in your product, in your business, because you need to align with my values. And I think that that forward reach and, and how, you know, an audience has stood up, I, I find that incredibly inspiring. And you're right, that was exactly what was happening back then. We had to follow the trend. And now the trend is more human-centered. And, and I right. can't go wrong with that because that's really our audience saying, this is what I need and I need to connect to. I'd love to dive a bit more into your career in academia. Um, Parsons School of Design in 2020 was named uh, one of the top design schools in the country for three years in a row. I know in your role as an adjunct professor uh, in teaching branding at the school, I'd love to ask a bit about your approach uh, to teaching business branding, of course, with that experience of now understanding where we've been and where we are now and just 
you know, a tidbit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, Parsons is primarily a design school. And so our folk or is known to be a design school thought. There is a business aspect as well, obviously. So our focus on the business side is really how do we design a brand and how do we design brand communications? So we come at it from the design aspect. And my classes are full of students with all levels of education, experience, and entrepreneurship. So the way that I approach brands and branding with them is really the same way that I approach it with my clients. And it's interesting because even today, I find that some people believe that branding is advertising. And for my clients, they believe that branding is, or for my students, they believe that branding is Instagram. So (laughs) of course it is. (laughs) So just like I do in business, I do with my students and I have them really start to assess the marketplace, you know, look at the trends, look what's there, look what's not there. And I think finding what's not there seems to be a more interesting space in which to play. And then they choose a brand, whether it's one that they're working on to launch themselves or a brand that they love. And they do a deep dive within that company and figure out what are the strengths of that company? What are the weaknesses of that company? Who are the competitors? And what is it about their competitors? What are their competitors doing well? And what is it that they, as a company, could do better than their competitors? Or what can they learn from their competitors? And from there, we, the most important piece is knowing who your consumer is. So how do you figure out, okay, this is who I am. This is what I do. Who do I do this for? And who do I do it best for? And just like any company figuring out who your ideal consumer is, takes about a, a couple of weeks of our curriculum. And from there, we just start to figure out or start to write what it is that makes us important, what it is that makes us special, what it is that makes us different. And only then, then and only then do we come to the implementation, which could be Instagram. You, you're also an adjunct professor at LIM and for the business of fashion. And I'd love to ask, you know, what are some notable uh, slight differences in fashion-focused brand building? Because we've got brands who are operating in the home decor space, um, you know, whether they're doing, uh, you know, children's uh, books or writing, that there's layers and layers, but also fashion um, has its own niches. And and what's a a little tidbit about what that focus in building a a fashion brand? So LIM is really where fashion and business come together. And for my students, I try to focus on that intersection of, you know, what makes fashion business different from any other industry out there. And I think the most important piece of fashion branding is to, again, know who you are, know what makes you different and know who your customers are, but also to be aware of the different cycles that are happening in fashion. We went from fashion being exclusive to fashion being inclusive. Yes. We went from fashion being, or what is considered fashionable being unattainable to fashion being a lifestyle that's attainable for everyone. You know, from shopping and pushing items at us to creating experiences. You know, so that is one of the things that I get my 
LIM students to start to think about is where can we go next in the fashion industry? And one of the things that we talk about heavily now, and, and I'm sure that your all of your listeners are really keen on, is that point of sustainability. Yes. And we talk a lot about being sustainable, but kind of to be a little bit harsh, what happens when we've all really fessed up and are nice to people in the planet, which is what sustainability means, right? That's exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very much. So I was going to ask you because, you know, we're not only building businesses now, we've got these deeply conscious components. And I'm wondering uh, in some of that teaching or learning or questions that may come to let, you know, because now are people coming to you and learning and saying, I my mission is to build a conscious brand. Uh, so whether I'm building in home decor, fashion, uh, children's good, it, I need to show my consumer um, as a brand what my mission is, what my values. And so how do I build consciously? Um, how much of that conversation is interjected in the classroom? Yes, yes. Well, for sure, in my classrooms, I talk to my students at And it's almost like I preach to them and let them know that they have the most valuable resource, the most valuable vote right in their pocket. They get to vote every day for the world that they want to live in by the dollars that they spend. The companies that you support are creating the world that you want to live in. So if you're supporting small businesses, if you're supporting conscious businesses, if you are supporting local community businesses, then that's the world that you find important. If you're supporting companies that, you know, are are not supporting your values, then you're just blindly buying things. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, this leads to sort of like fast fashion and, you know, not knowing where our things are made. And, and so that, right. yeah. Right. And I think our, our, my students, you know, once they're, once they're kind of opened up to the idea of, oh, wow, you know, I didn't know that this brand that I'm wearing and I have them do a little exercise, which I think is really fun. So I have them take a piece of clothing that they're wearing and look up that brand and what does that brand give to? And sometimes they're like, oh, I didn't know that about this brand. And oh, this brand doesn't give to anything. And I I found some news articles where this brand actually talked badly about X, Y, and Z. So you Mm want to make sure that, you know, the companies that you support are companies that you want to continue to support. And the minute I do that exercise with my students, they become it's like they wake they they wake up a little bit. Yeah, of course. They of see course. the world differently because they don't realize that their spending actually builds companies, builds right. brands, yes. and keeps them in business. Right. Exactly. I love I love to call them green dollars. And as you mentioned, we are investing uh, in the future that we want to live in. And I'd love to move on to talk about biz in bloom, business building with purpose. You are the founder. I am beyond excited. Congratulations. I know that you've been working in this space for a very long time, um, but I'm really excited to once again talk about your business and what it means. Uh, I'd love to get to how it started, and I'd love for you to enlighten us on the focus uh, and the services uh, that it provides. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up. I, as a young person, I grew up in a very small town. And in my very small town, there were only 
small businesses. And to this day, I find that I gravitate towards small businesses and I gravitate towards businesses that really form and build community. A a funny example is that a couple of years ago, my dad went to buy a bike. So my sister goes on to Amazon and she's like, oh, dad, they have bikes here for, you know, whatever price it was. And my dad said, well, why wouldn't I just walk down the street and go to the local bike shop that's been filling our tires and greasing our chains for 20 years? Why wouldn't I support the bike shop that's been supporting me? And that's really what I grew up with in terms of the way that I think about things. Why wouldn't I support the community that I live in? Why wouldn't I support the world in which I operate. Right, right. So I, I think that's really been sort of my guiding principles in terms of building Biz and Bloom and building small businesses and building businesses with purpose. That's really how I got started um, in, in terms of creating the business and what's important to me. I mean, that resonates so deeply because I think that for, particularly for us um, at New York now, that's our audience. We are, you know, small businesses. We are in largely independent brands uh, and so forth. And that community has really sort of fed the country uh, in innovation uh, and coming up with new ideals. And, and they really, um, I think there's so much that even larger more corporate spaces can learn about small businesses. They line the main streets uh, of of our country and places around the world Uh, in your company. How does that difference show up? So in terms of making sure that small businesses are are visible, think Mm -hmm. about, I mean, think about your audience at New York now. Everyone has their own individual maker story, entrepreneurship story, they all have their own individual stories, which helps them move forward in terms of their purpose, right? It helps them connect in terms of who they are. And for me, it's really important to be able to help companies like this tell their story. It's important to to help companies figure out who they are, who they're for, and how to communicate out Right, that message about themselves. Yeah, yes. three significant pillars um, you speak about in in Bloom and business, and I'd love to unpack a little of that understanding uh, for our audience and those three pillars that are has been very key in your messaging. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the pillars that um, you're talking about are clarity, purpose, and connection. And as far as clarity goes. As I've mentioned and will continue to mention as a brand marketer, it's always important for you to be clear on who you are. And it's important for you know customers to understand just at a glance who you are. So what I do is I help companies through strategy sessions, through conversations, through brainstorming, helping them figure out who they are. As entrepreneurs, you know, as I know, We are multi-passionate. So to be able to distill down, to find that one finite point of who we are and how we operate in the world is really what I help companies do in finding that clarity and helping them figure out how to focus. From there, the next pillar purpose is that I believe 
and firmly believe that we are all here for a specific purpose, right? You have gifts. And if you think about, you know, everyone that's coming to the New York Now show, they're makers, they're creators, they're artists, they're entrepreneurs, right? They're pillars of their own community. So they all have a gift. And, you know, if you have your own specific gift, Dondrell, you are a connector, Right. So we all have these important gifts as entrepreneurs and being able to put our our gifts forward to be able to talk about those. And we talked about it earlier. It's always difficult to talk about your business. It's always difficult to talk about yourself. And, you know, once you tap into that purpose and what you're passionate about, it's easier to talk about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think once again, businesses, I always say, um, be brave, um, be bold in talking about who you are, uh, Mm -hmm. because through that, you can only provide a greater understanding uh, so that people can hear and they can place kind of the connection there. So um, very well stated and talking about those pillars we talked about with New York Now, you know, as we've mentioned, we are a community of independent brands and retailers and buyers. And in speaking, uh, you know, directly to our audience, there are a few questions that come up time and time again, as well as, you know, kind of working to understand, you know, pivots and challenges uh, in working to sort of stay connected and aligned with buyers and consumers. Um, I'd love to answer a few questions with some brief sort of actionable steps that, brands uh, and buyers and retailers can activate, but I'd love to go through them. And so I'll I'll kind of go down the list and then, you know, of course you'll interject all this great stuff that they need to hear. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like playing like a a little bit of a game here, but with, you know, real serious questions that are on the minds of of, of several brands, you know, in a crowded marketplace, uh, how can I, as a small brand, stand out? Oh, well, ah, right? the teacher That's a question, me will, right? yeah. yes, it's a great question. The teacher and me will answer. It's important to do your homework, making sure that you're doing thorough research of your marketplace, making sure you know who your competition is, making sure you know what your competition is doing well and what they're not doing well, and then compare your brand because in that you'll be able to find out what your point of differentiation is. And how to best stand out because in your niche, there are things that your competition does well and there are things that you do well. And the best thing to talk about is not you know, what they're doing. The best thing to talk about is what you're doing and what you're doing well. And that's what helps you stand out. Excellent. Excellent. You hear that, guys? That's a that's a great you know, insight and, and answer to kind of tackle that because that does come up a lot uh, for a lot of brands. Um, the second one is that I don't have a large marketing budget. Uh, what's the best way to connect with my customers? And so that customer being retail buyers at a show, and of course, you know, they're doing things in retail spaces, but for brands at markets, really about the buyer is the customer and sense mm-hmm. uh, in market. Right, right. So, One thing that I tell all of my clients, the way to really maximize on your budget is to be consistent. Mm -hmm. So to be consistently at the shows, people know where to find you. People are used to looking for you. People will rush to your booth first. 
right? So this consistency is a really big thing. And we've all heard this big adage, the marketing adage that 80% of our profits come from 20% of our clients. And that's still true today. So if you're keeping consistent and maintaining these important relationships that you have with your buyers, with your ultimate end consumers, then your marketing budget will go a lot further. So I, I really find that it's consistently consistency in terms of telling your story. It's consistency in terms of cultivating relationships because the better relationship we have with someone, the more of your brand that they're going to want to participate in, however they want to participate. So whether they're promoting you through their social media, which doesn't cost you anything, (laughs) they are buying more of your products because they believe in you, right? Which actually, again, that 20% of your clients believing in you and trusting in you is going to buy more products from you. So I, I really find that that consistency is what's important and delivering on your brand promise is what's important for your consumers. Great answer. Great, great insight there. Um, and the, the last one, uh, and, and I'm really excited about this question as well. It's, you know, what is, what is cause marketing? And, and I'm, say, I'm already sustainable. Isn't that the same thing? Right, right. No, I get that a lot. Okay, but yeah, um, that's another one. I, I do think that companies believe that being sustainable is really standing for a cause. And as I mentioned earlier, right, we should always have been setting up our companies to be nice to people and nice to the planet. So being sustainable is really just the sort of bottom line. That's the starting point. From there, how do we support our communities? How do we align ourselves with something that is close to our hearts as a company leader or an entrepreneur? How do we really raise up the community in which we live in? And that's aligning ourselves with a nonprofit. That's aligning ourselves with something that's happening in our community. That's aligning ourselves, even supporting our um, employees. So cause marketing is really us giving back to a cause. And it doesn't have to be, you know, giving lots of money or only giving money. That's corporate social responsibility. It's aligning ourselves with something that's important to us. I'd love to ask, what could brands um, expect in building a relationship and working with a company like uh, Biz and Bloom? You know, what could they expect? Oh, thank you for asking. That's of great. course, of course. I mean, you've given so much and tr- you've given such great insight and I'd love for brands to really understand uh, the kind of value uh, that you would bring uh, to a relationship and helping them to define uh, their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the, the first thing that we do is, is really a deep dive into their brand and into their niche and helping them find that clarity in terms of their values, who they are, what they stand for helping them widen their base in terms of who their consumers are. So in in order to connect better with their consumers, one of the things I come from a, a little bit of a digital background. So being able to help them with their digital brand communications as well. So that could be, you know, creating the materials that they put out year round as the experts in their field. I think what small businesses don't always realize is that what they do, they are the expert in. 
And to be able to create this expert content and to be able to be the person that their brands come to, that their buyers come to in order to ask the questions, in order to for their buyers to be more knowledgeable as well in what they're selling and in the communities that they're providing. So I think for a company that gets to work, that I get to work with, you know, it's telling their story and it's telling their story where their customer is. And it's telling their story in a way that makes them the expert in what they do. I'd love to stick, you know, to kind of stay in that vein and go on the strength of that. It brings us to, you know, New York now. We're preparing for our winter show, uh, of course, February the 6th through the 9th uh, at New York's Javits Center. Definitely want to plug the dates for our audience that is, that's listening today. Um, as brands prepare, Janine, to come to market, I'd love to talk about, you know, the four key pointers that Biz and Bloom drives home in their learning and partnerships and educating brands. Can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you're preparing for the show and as you're taking part in New York Now, I think that the things that are really important to remember is, you know, you're of service. So being of service to your customers is really important. It's not just uh, we're all in business to make money. I get that. But remembering that you're of service makes it a little bit easier for us to talk about ourselves. It makes it a little bit easier for us to talk about our values. And in knowing who we are and knowing our values makes it easier for us to the second point is to tell our brand story. And we don't get all that much time with so many people walking by our booth in order to tell our brand story. So make sure that in a glance, someone can really tell what you stand for. Someone can really tell who you are and it grabs the attention of that buyer to draw them into your booth. The next is if you do align with a cause, make sure that you have that front and center because as you're aligning with a cause, it really communicates your values very quickly and efficiently. It tells the buyer about who you are, and it's something that you know can connect with the buyer even quicker. And it's really important why it's important to align with a cause is that 94% of consumers, this includes buyers, are likely to switch brands of similar price and quality to one that gives back. As a company, of job seekers are looking to work for companies that care about the contribution to society. So it's really beneficial for you as a brand to align yourself with a cause because the consumers are looking for meaningful experiences. And as consumers, we're all looking for that guilt-free shopping experience. (laughs) Of course. course. We want to feel good. Right, right. So we know that we're spending money, but we feel good spending money that supports something. So really, you know, remember that you're in service to your buyer. Remember that everything you do tells your story. And if you are aligned with a cause, it's an easier way to connect with a buyer. It's an easier way to connect with your audience. 
Fantastic takeaways, Janine. I mean, absolutely. Just point, point, point. Agree and agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and using our voices uh, for brands in your booth, it's such a prime opportunity. Um, final question. Uh, yeah. This, you know, very enlightening and inspiring conversation. So, you know, so many takeaways. I, I can't wait to sort of even dive in more with this with our brands and talking at market. Uh, for brands and businesses who are looking to connect with Biz and Bloom, um, how can they follow in and where should they reach out? Wonderful. Thank you. Again, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> well, my website is biz, B-I-Z, in bloom, B-L-O-O-M dot com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under biz in bloom. And then through LinkedIn, I am Janine Polizzi, P-O-L-I-Z-Z-I. I want to thank you, Janine, for joining us today. I mean, it's truly been uh, activating. It's been insightful. You've given us actionable steps for brands to take at market. And most importantly, it's been brand inspiring. And we definitely look forward to staying connected with you. Oh, thank you, Dondrell. This has been amazing. And thank you, New York Now community for listening and for having me in your space. And I look forward to seeing you all at the show. I'm very excited. Oh, good. Hey, guys. So we'll see you February the 6th through the 9th at New York Javits Center. New York Now returns. To learn more about Biz and Bloom, connect with Janine at bizandbloom.com and follow on Instagram at bizandbloom. Thank you for listening to the New York Now podcast. Make sure to tune in weekly for engaging and insightful conversations, touching on the most relevant topics facing our community today. Visit NewYorkNow.com to learn more about our market and how you can join in on the conversation.